Can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Adore Beauty acknowledges First Nations people as the traditional owners across the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Hannah First. And I am your summer co-host, Melissa Mason. So Hannah, you have shared some particularly (laughs) unhinged news with me this morning. Is this the new Lush bath bomb? (laughs) Yes. I like equally want it and I don't want it. <laughs> Saltburn, we obviously talked about that, that that had a moment, but it sort of revived because now there's all these products coming out. Mm. Really, the products that I've seen are about that bath scene. There's like a candle. Have you seen that? Jacob Elordi's yeah. bath water scent. Yeah, it's Jacob Elordi's bath water yeah, candle. That d- doesn't make uh-huh. sense. I saw that and said, I, I don't really know if that makes sense as a candle. But what I did think made sense was Lush recently launched a Saltburn inspired bath bomb. And it's called, which I thought was so funny, it's called Salt Bomb, which <laughs> so clever. Love yeah. that. Genius. Genius. So it features a soothing blend of coconut milk powder and mineral rich sea salt. <laughs> So it's like a milky, I think it's like a milky bath. There's actually a photo from the campaign and there's a guy that kind of looks like Barry Keoghan over the bath smelling the bath bomb that's in the water. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's so smart, but it's also so, like if you haven't seen this scene from Saltburn, you need to watch Saltburn, but like. Anyone that has seen this scene is listening to this going, oh my God, because (laughs) it's going to create the texture, I would say, and the look of exactly what you imagine the bath water was like. (laughs) I love it. I do. I love it. I'm sold. Like, I want to go get this bath bomb. I don't even have a bath. I'm sold too. I'm sold too. (laughs) The coconut milky water. Sounds good. But look, speaking of bath bombs as well, there was some other bath bomb news this week, which is wild that there's double up bath bomb news (laughs) in that Hayley Bieber obviously has road beauty. There was this video that has gone viral of this gigantic bath bomb she is releasing. It Mm. is the size of her head which as you can imagine is just like you know it's 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 an abnormal sized bath bomb and it dissolves away to reveal like a new cleanser inside the bath bomb but people on tiktok are not coping and and my favorite one was this woman did this stitch of the video being like my pH levels would never recover from using this bath bomb and this is what i always think when i use a heavily scented heavily colored bath bomb like you know those big glittery ones i used one it was the size of my head and it was oh yeah and it was glittery and honestly i felt it was like itchy almost like it was too much in the bath and also did you get thrush because that's exactly what i was thinking the entire time i saw this bath bomb video was i was like my bits would not cope i would be wearing five pairs of swimmer bottoms Mm. to get in that bath don't go near it just leave the vagina alone 
it was a great yeah. PR package. I would have loved to receive that. Even though I don't have a bath, I would have, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> Just looked at it, put it in like a kiddie pool. <laughs> Hannah, what is on today's episode? Today for the cringy, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story of my wet runner incident. I'm going to call oh, it good. an incident. <laughs> then Joanna is back on the podcast to talk about serums, of course, her favorite topic. And of course, the products we didn't know we needed. So something happened to me just before I went away at the end of the year uh, that I wanted to tell a little story. It's, it was just such a chaotic experience. And because of that experience, I ended up doing all this research on have you ever, if you've been out, you know, in the rain, have you ever mm. then had like a really funky smell if you didn't dry your shoes out properly? Mm-hmm. Yep. They like yeah. cesspits for wet dog smell. Yeah, so I didn't realize, but my boyfriend and I have matching white shoes and they get dirty mm. really easily. And generally I'll like brush them off with a brush, but I decided, I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm going to do a really deep clean. And I basically soaked it in, I put so much water on them and, and then I was trying to brush out all the stains because they're white. And I, not thinking anything of it, because I didn't even know about wet wet shoes. Like, this has never happened to me before. I stupidly left them inside to dry, thinking, oh, they'll dry eventually. mm. So then (laughs) the next day, (laughs) maybe it was a few days later, because I just left them not thinking anything of it, thinking that they'll eventually, they'll dry. And I'm like, smelling. I'm like, I said to Nick, I'm like, what's that smell? I'm like, can you take the bin out? So he takes the bin out. I'm like, it's still, and like, you know, like hours passed, it still smells. And then I'm like going through the fridge and I've got my nose in the fridge, smelling in the fridge. I think there's something off in the fridge and it's like permeating the whole house. And so I, I actually start throwing stuff out from the fridge that's not even off thinking like there must be something moldy. It really stunk. Anyway, eventually I smell around the whole apartment and I realize it's coming from the shoes and the <laughs> shoes, like the smell, it was like, oh, this is why I thought ooh. it was coming from the fridge. Have you ever left like baked beans in the fridge too long? <laughs> <laughs> or that like black so beans? Specific. Oh yes. Why are you making this so specific? <laughs> Have you ever left black beans or baked beans in the fridge for like you accidentally <laughs> leave them for two weeks or something and then you yeah. open the lid and it's got green mould everywhere oh. and it stinks. That was the smell. Oh, I also would say, you know, broccoli, when you leave cooked broccoli in a container in the fridge and you open up a few days later. Oh, it's all. Oh. So that's why I emptied the fridge out thinking yeah. it must be like moldy food. Anyway, it was moldy sneakers, two pairs of white sneakers, <laughs> moldy. So then my mum takes them and says, I'll wash them again. And, I'll, and so that just made it even worse. Like you have to dry them out. I didn't realise. So then I start Googling and yeah. apparently this has happened to a lot of people. It's mil- like mildew, I think, or it's like moldy yeah. shoes. And it's because you haven't dried them properly. And then it's like a breeding ground for like mildew and, and bacteria. And then it, anyway, it starts to stink. After doing a lot of research, basically there's a – the link that I've put in our episode notes, there's some shoe company. They obviously have very good SEO because it's the first one that comes <laughs> up when you – what to do about mildew shoes is that they actually have waterproof shoes. So it's called Vessi. Anyway, they have a whole article about how to get the mildew smell out of shoes. So I actually like read this. 
they're obviously pushing their waterproof shoes. <laughs> I like, don't do it. Chuck them out and buy our waterproof shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to throw the shoes out. Oh, Nick was so mad at me. He was so, he loved those shoes. They were like his favorite white sneakers. <laughs> no. I was like, we're not going to throw them out. I said, I'm going to get this smell out of the shoes. Yeah. So there's a couple of things you can like home remedy. So the first one is baking soda. I didn't have any baking soda, so I didn't do this. But you can basically sprinkle baking soda inside the shoes Mm. and then you can leave them overnight. It'll absorb the odor and then you like shake the excess out. It seems like a very intense process, I think, (laughs) like to get it inside your shoes inside, and like to get down it out. the pointy and- <laughs> also don't you feel like since like 1855 or whatever people have just had giant bags of baking <laughs> soda in their house for everything like every for time everything. You, there's a problem it's baking soda is the answer i swear like i may yep. as well just bulk buy it i think that also applies to white vinegar because that's yes. always like if you have white stains on your like you always hear white vinegar so apparently due to its acidity it works as an organic disinfectant and deodorizer so the steps they've said here is add water and the white distilled vinegar in equal amounts to a spray bottle spray the inside of the shoes and set them aside for 15 minutes and then you i think you basically wipe it clean and then you dry the shoes so that's another one i didn't have any white vinegar so i didn't do that one either i did do one of these do you reckon that then your shoes would smell just like vinegar Which is arguably worse than mildew as a smell. Oh, nothing can be worse than that mildew (laughs) smell. My shoes smelt like two-week-old baked beans. (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is tea tree oil. I see tea tree oil really mm. smells. That has a very intense smell. So that has antifungal and antibacterial qualities. And it also offers a strong aroma, which I don't know if I <laughs> like that smell. But it's saying you can add a few drops to a spray bottle with water, shake it well, and then obviously spray the shoes. This is the one that I went with, which was sunlight. So mildew thrives in damp environments. So you, the sunlight and fresh air can kill that that bacteria that's causing odor so it says place the shoes in direct sun for a few hours guess how long i left my shoes in the direct sunlight (laughs) (laughs) till the end of time (laughs) like these are sitting out here for years now (laughs) so i think i left them out there for a week and then i thought thought what if it rains and then i have to start the whole process again anyway i did end up leaving them outside the whole time i was away i didn't leave them out in the direct sunlight left them underneath something so they didn't get wet but anyway i left them out in the sun for so long and that actually worked oh great the smell completely disappeared i'm still a bit nervous about them like i'm not 100 percent sure yeah. i'm like traumatized by the smell but they've been brought back <laughs> into the house that's a good step in the right direction i haven't They're actually back. worn them yet and then the last one which i actually lots of people on i think it was reddit somewhere i was reading like other people's experiences with mildew shoes people were putting their shoes in the fridge and i was like oh what? no freezer no, sorry no. the freezer into the freezer no yes. i hate that so you put your shoes in a plastic bag and freeze them overnight. I didn't do this. But then you have to thaw the shoes and then air them out. <laughs> <laughs> like so a chicken. Work. Yeah, like a little roast chicken. <laughs> so the moral of the story is if you get wet shoes, remember to actually – I would just put them outside and let them dry as much as you can in yes. the sunlight 
so that you don't actually get mildew. That's the thing. You've got to air them out. I was going to say, don't you feel like this is reminding you of the 2006 era where we all wore like cheap ballet flats with no socks to the club <laughs> and every day. And then they literally disintegrated and became like bog <sighs> shoes, like shoes you would dig out of a bog from like the ye olde times. Mine were revolting. And, and like I would put my foot in and it would still be kind of damp. Damp, yeah. From whatever the sweat was from the day before. Like, and I would just wear them willy nilly all the time, st- smelling like baked beans constantly. <laughs> I think we all smelled like baked beans back then. And we just, you know, when like both you and your partner eat garlic, and then no one can smell the garlic on you. But if you went out, people would smell it. I think we all collectively smelled like baked beans. And we just, because it was collective, no one knew any wiser. So, yeah, like, and, you know, ballet flats are back now. So anyone that is new to the ballet flat trend, this is what you need to be hearing is what Hannah's saying right now. them out. Disgusting. So I can't believe she's back. Joe, Anna, you're back. Welcome. Hello. Did you miss this monotone voice? No, of course we did. <laughs> How have you been? I'm great. How are you? Good. What have you been up to? What's are you you're in your robe? Yeah, in my no robe. No surprises still. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much, you know, just living life. I have a lot more freedom now, so doing skin consults <laughs> as my like full-time job, content creation. It's pretty much it. I've been I've been Very busy. Nice. I've been on holidays. It's been great. I did say that. We've brought you back on to talk about serums because yes. this is your area of expertise. I thought you'd be able to answer all these questions, Hannah. Maybe, probably, probably not as well as you can. I would be like, wait, is that right? Is that right? Yes. Like I would just, I'd need like constantly asking for reassurance from the yeah. co-host and Mel, you probably can't, you'd be the same. You'd be like, is that right? I don't know. <laughs> I know a fair bit about serums, but what I do feel is I feel like Joe, you have, as we've said a few times since I've been on this podcast, the kind of skin that you want to peel off someone's face and put on your own. So I feel like if you're recommending the serum, I want it on my okay. face, basically. I think, Mel, we know a lot about yeah. serums. It's probably just Joe being a dermal therapist has probably has studied a lot more than we yeah. have. So mm-hmm. we're going to go back to basics first. Can you tell us what purpose serums play in a skincare routine for people that sure. are new and don't actually know what the purpose is? Yeah. So I guess it depends on the ingredients that are in the serum as to what they're going to target in your skincare routine. But Essentially, a serum contains more concentrated ingredients and serums have a smaller molecular weight because they're like a watery kind of or gel Mm. texture compared to a cream that's a moisturizer that's going to have a heavy molecular weight. So it means that it can penetrate the skin a lot easier than a cream can. So if you've got these really concentrated ingredients in a watery or gel-like texture, they're going to be able to penetrate the skin better and deliver more concentrated or targeted results, I suppose you could say. So for example, you might find that a vitamin C is going to help with stimulating collagen production, brightening up pigmentation, whereas something that's like a AHA serum is going to help to reduce texture on the skin. It's going to resurface. It's going to hydrate. So all different kinds of serums will play a different role in your skincare routine. Yeah. Awesome. I always forget about the molecular structure bit. 
I'm always like, they're mm. concentrated ingredients. And then I forget that it's because of the texture that they can actually penetrate the skin better. Yeah. So yeah. this is where I always get lost. Okay. What are your favorite ingredients to pair together for anyone who's like getting into this world of serums, but wants to know, okay, what should I be teaming together to like get the most out of my skincare mm. routine? But also, and this is the one where I always get confused and scared. What should I not be pairing together? I think the second half of that question is the more important. Yeah. Because a lot of things can be paired together. And if you've got a well-rounded routine, you're going to have different serums in at different times and it's all going to target different things. But importantly, you don't want to be mixing AHAs and BHAs with Mm. retinoids because you're probably going to get a bit of sensitivity. You might cause some barrier impairment and you probably also don't want to put vitamin C with acids and retinoids either because Ah. they're all quite stimulating ingredients, potentially irritating ingredients. They don't go well together. So usually that's not going to be a problem because you'd use your vitamin C in the morning anyway, and then you can stagger the usage of your AHAs and BHAs and retinoids at night and use them on alternating nights, for example. But some skins are really resilient and actually tolerate AHAs and BHAs and retinoids at the same time. Some formulas that are retinols will also Mm. contain AHAs Mm. as a complementary ingredient. So it just, it's kind of situational, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You can't necessarily guarantee that if you don't mix these things or you do mix these things, you're going to have a certain outcome. But a lot of ingredients can be mixed together. Your vitamin C's and niacinamides are really nice together. Niacinamide and retinol together are great. Hyaluronic acid and retinol are great. So there's lots of different things that you can combine. You can put peptides with your retinoids. The list goes on. It's It really is endless. There's so many opportunities to mix different things together. But you'll also find a lot of things are already formulated together. So you may not need to do that. Yeah, that like work of a one-stop shop. What can I put with mm. what? Mm. Yeah. That would also go, I guess, also for like creams, right? Because I think like now we're seeing like night creams that have retinol in them. So it's probably not a good mm-hmm. idea to like be using a night cream with retinol on top of an AHA, right? Yes. Or using a retinol and then using a cream that also has retinol mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, so it is right. really important to know what is in your products instead of just being influenced to buy something because someone you follow is using it. What else have you got in your routine? Is that actually going to work in your routine? Is it going to target your skin concerns? And is it appropriate for your skin type? Because you may already have something like a retinol in your skincare routine and then adding on a retinol night cream, not ideal. You're probably going <laughs> to get barrier impairment there. Yeah. Your skin's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and if age management is like your key concern, what ingredients would you want to incorporate into your routine? What would you say, Hannah, first? I would say it would be vitamin C and retinol mm-hmm. or just retinol, really. Mm-hmm. Like if you couldn't use any other ingredient, you would use a vitamin A. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I would have said, but I have one extra one. So retinol, And yes. bo- botulum toxin, <laughs> whatever it's called. Sorry, that's my number one. Is that what it's called? That's what, yeah, and I hate it. I hate that that's what it's so, called. I hate sorry, that. Sorry, so I, I ditch everything nah, and, yeah. and I do that. Okay. If we're talking about topical serums. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. retinol because it's going to accelerate cell turnover. It's going to support collagen synthesis. Mm. It's going to prevent the degradation of collagen and elastin in the skin. So it really is that ultimate 
anti-aging ingredient. Then we've got vitamin C because, again, that also supports collagen synthesis, but it's an antioxidant, so it's going to give you that protection throughout the day from environmental damage, including UV damage as well, but we would also want to use our sunscreen. And then peptides, because depending on the peptide, they can encourage the production of collagen and hyaluronic acid, elastin, and they can also regulate melanin synthesis as well. So helping with pigmentation too. I'm currently using the um, Medicaid Oxyar peptides, and I absolutely love it. It is specifically mm. designed for pigmentation, so I'm loving that serum at the moment. And what about like, because I feel like my skin just hates retinol. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Like, it <laughs> Me hates too. it. And I, I try so hard. I'm trying so hard. I'm, I'm, I've been trying really hard, but like it, it just comes in waves. Like sometimes it'll be like, take it well, mm-hmm. and sometimes it won't. If your skin just hates retinol, What's your number one in terms of like treating aging? What's your number one serum outside of retinol? It's a hard one because I feel like even if you are a bit sensitive to retinol, there's ways to use it. You can use a lower strength Mm. retinol more frequently as opposed to having to use the highest strength prescription grade retinol. It's not necessary. Like you can just use a lower grade retinol over the counter each night, mix it with your moisturizer, for example, like try and buffer it as much Mm. as you possibly can, be adding other hydrating skin supporting ingredients into your routine so that you kind of offset the potentially irritating effects of the vitamin A. I use the Mm -hmm. Medicaid Crystal Retinol 3 and I tried to up my usage recently and I ended up with dermatitis around my mouth. So... (laughs) Um, that was not ideal. Yeah. Oh, so and then you're just annoying. stuck for ages. It's so annoying. Oh. Like the first few weeks, I was like, holy shit, my skin looks amazing. And then I got the dermatitis. So I was like, Fuck. Yeah. And then you're back to square one. <laughs> Look, Bacuchiol can be a good alternative. It is a pregnancy safe alternative as well for anyone that wants to use retinol. But it's not going to give you the exact same effects as retinol. I would say if you don't want to use any retinol at all, then you'd be looking at your vitamin C and your peptides, I would say, are really good options. AHAs are really good as well because they also accelerate cell turnover and they're going to resurface the skin, hydrate the skin, give you that plump kind of youthful appearance. So that would probably be my answer to your actual question. So how long does a serum have to stay on your skin for it to work? Like if you've applied your vitamin C in the morning and then you've gone to the gym and then you've had a shower, do you need to reapply it or is it has it already kind of like penetrated the skin and is doing its work? Yeah. So if you're going to the gym in the morning, I usually, if I'm doing a Pilates class in the morning, I'll just put moisturizer and SPF on before I leave, do my class, come home, shower, cleanse, do all my skincare. So if that's yeah, like right. the reason that we're wondering why the ingredient takes, like how long it takes to work, then I would say just change the way that you're doing your skincare as in do like just yeah. the basics before you go and then do everything when you get home. But in terms of how long something takes to work on the skin, it is very formula dependent because something like a, like there's gradual release products out there. So like there is retinoids that are designed to gradually release to reduce the chance of irritation. So something like that, I wouldn't want to wash off straight away because it's going to work over the course of the night. Generally, something like a vitamin C is going to work kind of immediately, but you do want to leave it on throughout the day. So you're getting that antioxidant protection. So I wouldn't want to be washing that off after an hour. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to waste my money on (laughs) washing off an expensive vitamin C after an hour either. So yeah, I would just change up the way you're doing your skincare in the morning. And if you've overdone it on the actives, oh, I think I know the answer to this, but Joe, say it again. Holy grail serum if you've overdone it with the actives. 
Did you think I was going to say Sikoplast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the new serum, right? The Sikoplast yes, serum. they've got a new serum, but it's not that. It's actually, okay. it is by La Roche-Posay, but okay. it is their Telerion Ultra Derma Logo Serum, the one in the blue bottle. Love that one. Bottle. Uh, yes, yep, I yep. am so addicted to that. It's not even funny. My boyfriend uses it as well, so both of us, like, fight over it, and it, it comes in quite a small bottle as well. So I feel like we need to stockpile it or they need to make it in a jumbo size just for me. I recommend it to so many consultation clients that are dealing with barrier impairment and irritation and redness. I just absolutely love it. It's anti-inflammatory, helps to treat redness. It's hydrating as well. So I just use it daily as like a hydrating serum, but I also use it post-procedure when I've ever had any kind of treatments done. So that would be my answer to that question. But also the alpha H vitamin E is really nice too. Oh, uh, yeah, mm. that's a good one too. Mm. Okay, so we've talked a lot about like many different serums and, and ingredients here, but you're stranded on a desert island. You cannot do an Adore Beauty order. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not allowed. <laughs> They're not delivering. <laughs> <laughs> Upsetting. But what three serums have you taken with you? Oh, that's really hard. What did I take to Europe with me? I took to Europe the Super B by ASAP. I'd probably also take the Alpha H Midnight Reboot because it's got AHAs mm. and retinol in it. Good one. Mm. And yep. probably C for Orlick. Yeah. 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 That's a nice little yep, kit. You've got your niacinamide, you've got your AHA, AHAs, retinol. Yeah. And what was the last? And vitamin C. Vitamin C. Yeah. That's a yep. good one. So I've kind that's of ticked much- all the boxes there. Yeah. You're just missing, what are you missing? Just the peptides. I would miss my Ultraderma logo, the yeah. serum I just mentioned. I'd miss mm. that a lot. And if I did happen to get sunburnt on the deserted island, I would really be struggling. But uh, am I allowed SBF? Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, good, good, good. As long as I've got my SBF, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Not, not that I'm your SBF is going to last very long on a desert island. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah. going to last. If I can't layering get my that on. order, that's going to be a problem. Hopefully, I'm not there for that long. We'll like, I think your midnight reboot serum is going to last way longer. I'm yeah, not. it would. Mm. It would. I have so much to get through here, but what I'm really excited about is to get back into vitamin C because I feel like it's dropped out of my skincare routine of late. But like now when I'm hearing you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, it gives you that amazing glow. Like I'm not particularly fussed about pigmentation because I have freckles. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, it It is is what what it is. is. I've accepted it. (laughs) I've embraced the freckly skin and the pigmentation that happens in summer, whatever. But I do miss that glow that I get from vitamin C. I feel like I would wake up in the morning and before I'd even put it on, my skin was like ready to go. So thanks so much, Joe. That was so informative. So welcome. I'm happy to come back whenever you need me. I'm sure they're going to take you up on that. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. All right, PWDKWN, Mel, what's yours? I've got a uh, mascara today. Nice. We're actually, we've both got yes. affordable options today. Makeup. We do. We've, we've got, yeah, affordable ones. So I am really picky with mascaras. So for me to have a mascara as a new product is pretty wild. And what I want from a mascara, because everyone wants different things, I will use an eyelash curler, which I actually, everyone should get onto this. Give it a go if you haven't given it a go before, because they really can make a difference if you have quite straight lashes, because mine are, mine are not thick, but they're not short, but they're very straight. And the lash curler really opens my eyes up. Anyway, so what I really want from it 
is just volume and color. And I want it to be not too sticky and not too like fine on the lashes. I'm not, I'm not picky here at all, am I? <laughs> I want all these different things from my mascara. And I've never really found that easily in a new mascara, but I used the L'Oreal Paris Lash Paradise mascara the other day. And I was quite shocked at how good it is because it is quite affordable. It's priced at $24.95, which look, I know in the times a tough era, $24.95 is still quite an investment for a makeup product. But I think with mascara, like that's on the more affordable side of mascara prices in terms of the one, the big guns that do quite well. It lasted all day, no smudges. I'm not a big fan of waterproof mascaras because I find they're really hard to get off and this isn't waterproof, but it still didn't budge. Yeah, so just like a really great everyday mascara for people that want a bit more than just like a natural look, but don't want it to feel heavy and and clumpy and sticky, really. Mm, Love that. I probably need a waterproof because... I'm oily skin. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I would like to try it. Maybe if I just don't put it on my lower lashes, it'll be all right. Well, they have a waterproof. I agree. Waterproof is so hard to get off. Like, impossible. Yeah. Like, can't get it off. Yep. Well, mine is in a similar vein. Everyone knows my favorite foundation, which is a full coverage and lasts 24 hours. And so many people have told me that I have to try the Maybelline Fit Me Matte and Paula's Foundation, which is Mm -hmm. also long wearing and great for oily skin. I think I tested four or five affordable foundations for oily skin. And this was Mm -hmm. really the closest match that I could find. So it's $21.95. It's a medium to full buildable coverage. It's got a matte finish. Definitely ideal for oily skin types, but you could also use it as a normal skin type. It's sweat and sebum resistance for five to six hours. And it's got micro powders, which help to control shine and also blur um, the appearance of your pores. So... I would say it's not as full coverage as my Holy Grail foundation. You sort of have to keep building it to get that full coverage. Yeah. And it definitely didn't didn't disappoint for the price point. I thought it was like such a nice foundation for the price point. I found it to be really lightweight, but you still get that great coverage. And I would like it definitely blurred the appearance of my pores, concealed any pigmentation. It's got that like flawless finish. And I would definitely wear it again and I think it would be great for the dance floor so that that was my little review <laughs> on the beauty IQ article I said it was dance floor approved because yeah. I could see that it wasn't going to get like that kind of breakthrough sweat and oil that happens when mm. you've got oily skin love that I was actually on a flight recently where there was an incident. It was, I've never, ever been on a flight oh, no. where there's been like an incident. I don't want to go into detail. We were told by the staff not to film like everyone I I wasn't filming I I was just so anxious but you read about these incidents all the time don't you on like there's always articles about people are getting like taken off flights or whatever happens on the flight Mm. you hear about these incidents and this one I couldn't believe like I think we've spoken about (laughs) the person that got diarrhea on a flight and actually that was like a biohazard oh my this one like I've read a lot of plane incidents of people getting kicked off and, and or people getting arrested, whatever it is. But this one took – I've never seen something like this. So People magazine, the title of the article, excessively farting passenger reportedly causes American Airlines flight to turn around. What? Yes. Turn around? Yeah. 
A flight was reportedly delayed after the plane ran into some unexpected flatulence. <laughs> and ex- very good. Very good. Very good. good. Love that. Love that. An excessively gassy passenger who had to be removed. The incident was documented by a Texas-based Reddit user who wrote about the smelly situation on an American Airlines flight from Phoenix to Austin. American Airlines did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so here's what the guy from Reddit said. I was seated near the row where this situation occurred. The man who just purposely farted moments ago decides to loudly and condescendedly say, yeah, everybody, let's just eat the smelliest food possible all at the same time. So basically this guy's like, I think, farting on the plane and making like a scene about it. And then the Reddit user said, we get back to the gate and a flight attendant comes back and informs fart man that he will not be staying on this flight. (laughs) He simply replies, I don't understand. And she tells him they'll talk about it off the plane. He gets up, grabs his bag and quietly exits the plane. We all breathed a sigh of relief when he was removed. I think most people were on edge about what he may say or do next. (gasps) That is wild. But the Reddit user said he thinks they handled it swiftly. So Swiftly and quietly, yeah. Don't make a scene. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Imagine being that passenger. Yeah, I know. Farting. It sounds like he – I think it it said that he might have been hungover. Which makes sense. Oh, dear. Yeah, those farts are not going to be good. (laughs) That is not the kind of fart you want to have on a plane in a tiny room. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever had a plane incident happen? No, I have actually never had a plane incident happen. I was going to say I've definitely had a farting incident happen. Oh. Where, like, I'm, like, eaten. Usually for me. you were the farter on the plane. I am the farter. No, not on the plane. Just, like, in a small small space. where I had eaten so many different things that day. Like I'd just eaten a lot of things. I got really into pomegranate juice for a little bit and that is not great for the flatulence, I have to say. Great for the taste buds, not for the not for the butt. Also, baked beans, not good for the butt either, yeah. as we baked talked beans, about. Baked not good. Excessive greens, not good. But yeah, I'd, I'd eaten a lot of weird things and I'd just been hanging out in our bedroom watching Downton Abbey like for hours on end on a Sunday And then Tom came in and before I even had the chance to be like, do not enter this room, he just like walked in and he was like, whoa, (laughs) I think it must have like hit him like a wall of smell. So I think it's like you can just not even know that it's happening and the smell is, you know, because your own farts don't smell as bad to you, right? So I feel like this guy is probably letting off some silent but deadlies and like isn't even aware of how bad it is for everyone else around him and is slowly like, you know, creating a a real situation in that a choking (laughs) issue. So I feel for him. (laughs) Oh dear. What a way to end. Mm. Well guys, we will see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us and we'd love to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you could leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.